podcasting from my sex writing cave where all the smut happens in real life and my head are on paper, this is the Smut Lancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smut Lancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 20. This week, let's talk about something that happens to all of us at some point. What to do when we're offered an opportunity that we're not sure we're really qualified for. This is your first time listening. Glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced every Wednesday and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Smut Lancer. This week's episode is brought to you by Blueberry, a podcasting hosting solution that makes podcasting affordable and easy. If you're thinking of creating audio content and want a hosting service and plugin that integrate with your website and offer great analytics, check out Blueberry. I use Blueberry for this podcast, the Loving BDSM podcast, and the Masturbation Monday podcast, and it's easy, affordable, and has great tech support. Use the code Kayla Lords, all one word, to get one month free to try it out. Again, that's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com, and use code Kayla Lords for one month free. So a little housekeeping before we get started. Did episode 19 sound weird to you? Yeah, that's because we had unplugged our original, our good, wonderful mic and did not discover it until the following Friday. So in the time that it got unplugged, two separate podcast episodes, two different shows were recorded and the audio sounds wonky so if that if you noticed that last episode yeah that that's why which kind of annoys me because that was an episode where John Brownstone was with me and we're talking which is what we do quite naturally and the audio quality was not as good as it could have been so yeah that happened and yes I'm aware of it and no that's not normal um it also does prove that even in audio content should happen so um there's that and now I really want to talk about this week's episode. Um, I'm actually recording this much later in the day on Wednesday than I normally do. Normally I record it mid-morning to midday, maybe as late as like three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, That is not happening today. Um, What is happening today is it's uh, nearly eight o'clock at night my time and uh, I'm finally sitting down to do this. And when I get done doing this, I will go back to do some work. And why is that? Um, It's not meant to be a humble brag. Um, I took my... multiple times have taken my own advice um, that we're talking about in today's episode and what it has done is made me busier than I normally am uh, until I level out and get used to my new um, sort of process and routine. Um, And the reason I feel like I can tell you guys to do this is because this is what I do every new step I've taken in this freelancing smut lancing career has been because somebody offered me an opportunity that I wasn't 100% sure I was qualified for. um, And I said yes. And that is ultimately, if we would like to sum up this entire podcast, we can be done and go home now. Um, When you're offered some writing gig, some opportunity to make a product, sell a product, make a site, do some graphics, whatever is kind of in your wheelhouse of of, uh, expertise anyway, it's part of what you're already doing. Um, when you say yes, um, you go further than you probably thought you could. You stretch yourself more in ways than you probably don't think that you can. Now, um, because (laughs) I don't believe in binary, it's always yes or it's always no, I'm not going to tell you that every single opportunity that comes your way 
deserves a yes answer. Sometimes you will get offered something that you're not in any way, shape or form qualified to do. If somebody came to me and said, hey, Kayla Lords, will you do graphics for my website? I would laugh at them. I would not laugh at them. That would be rude. I would chuckle, say, no, no, no. I don't know if you understand. I'm a words girl, not a picture girl. Uh, and then I would hopefully be able to steer them to somebody who might be able to help them. So yeah, I don't say yes to absolutely everything. I don't believe that we should necessarily always say yes to absolutely everything. I think you have to look at um, what the job is. Do you know immediately upon hearing of it, you're going to hate every minute of it? Don't say yes to that. Um, are you in no way qualified because you do not have even the most basic skills to do it? Then you should not say yes to that. Do you um, not want to work for that brand or that company or that individual? You should not say yes to that. But those are not the majority of the offers that come our way. Sometimes it's, hey, will you guest post on my site? I'd really like my audience to get to know you. And you go, you tell yourself, oh no, uh, no I, I'm not good enough to be on somebody else's site. That is absolutely an opportunity you should take. Um, somebody messages you and says, hey, could you create some content for my website? I will pay you for it. Could you write about this topic? I will pay you for it. Could you make this thing for me? I will pay you for it. If it is even vaguely within your wheelhouse of things you know how to do, I'm advocating for saying yes more often than you say no. If the only reason you're thinking of saying no to an opportunity is because you're having that internal debate of how can I possibly be good enough for this? There's no way I'm good enough for this. There's no way I'm ready for this. I've never done this specific type of work, even though I've done work just like it in other ways. And those are the reasons you're telling yourself no and you're telling the other people no. I'm asking you to rethink that because you are more capable than you realize. Uh, most of the things that you're going to be offered and the things that even I do, this is not rocket science. You there, Yeah, there's, I guess, some small measure of some kind of talent there, some, you know, ability. I, I don't know. To me, if I write well, it's because I write half a million words um, a year. Yeah, I was doing the math in my head going, that, a month would not be right. Yes, a half a million to a million words a year. That is why I might have some measure of, quote, talent or ability. It's because I just do it all the time. You too can do your thing over and over and over again, and it not only becomes easier, you get better at it. So I give you an example. Uh, the first time somebody said, hey, can you be my company's social media manager? I nearly said no, because I was like, well, shit, uh, I this is a few years ago, I barely understand Twitter. I certainly don't know what a pin really is. I kind of get Facebook, I'm not on Instagram. Sh I'm, I'm not sure I can do this. And then you know what I did? I fucking Googled it, okay? That's the thing, anything you wanna know how to do, it's on Google. So I said, yeah, I can do this for you. I got paid some decent money. I went from making a barely, a part-time wage, like it wasn't even quite enough to really pay one or two substantial bills, to with that job and that client, I could say, oh my gosh, I'm making like a, a legitimate, this is a part-time income, I'm working just a few hours a day on top of everything else I was doing, and here's the money I'm bringing in each month, and look at us, we can do more things as a family now. Um, I 
ended up thinking that I didn't like being a social media manager. And so I got out of it when that client and I parted ways. What I later realized was that I did not like working for that client. Uh, I was very glad that was one of the few clients that I was not unhappy to see go. Um, and when they broke up with me, I was like, no, no, no. It, yeah, it's me. It's not you. Sure. Sure. Uh-huh. Have a nice life. Gotta go. But doing that for uh, it was about six months, I was their social media manager gave me the some of the confidence to realize that I could do it. And so then fast forward to 2017. Yeah, 2017, another client says, Hey, can you do this? Yeah, I can do that. Now my memory originally had been, Ooh, I didn't like doing this for this other client. Am I sure I really want to do this? And then I googled what freelance social media managers can make in a month. And I went, Yes, yes, I want to do this. Um, and I negotiated my way to having a little bit more control. I had better skills to know how to talk to the client to get better information from them. So the first time I did it, it was a total shot in the dark. I wasn't sure I was qualified. I got paid good money for a few months to do it. Um, I had an opinion even then about how social media should be run. It conflicted with that previous client. It was a few years ago. I bring it forward to 2017 and all of the other skills I've now uh, gotten along the way, I was able to negotiate a better deal, negotiate better parameters, get a better understanding, have more creative freedom. And I actually like being a social media manager now. Now I can't do it for everybody because it's much more time consuming than I think people realize. But it was yet another leap forward where part of me wanted to say no. Part of me wanted to go, mm, no, this is not my thing because I was remembering another moment in time. And I'm glad I said yes. Why? Because when another client says to me, hey, I need this, I can say, oh, you know what else you need? Let's talk about social media. Let's talk about what, what we can do. And do you want me to help you with it? And I now have a current client, which we're not actually calling ourselves client and freelancer. It's more of a partnership deal, which is very cool. Um, I'm still they're freelancer. I don't own part of a company, but that's how they think of me. They think of me in terms of a partnership. I like that. And I am now able, because I took that chance, I took that chance when I had thought I had no experience. I took the chance a couple years later when I thought I hated it and realized no, that's not what I hated. And now here I am three clients up and I'm negotiating a better price and I have a better understanding and I have even more creative freedom than I did any other time before. And that's part of the reason why you take that first opportunity that you don't think you're qualified for, because that first opportunity, you're not going to get paid as much as you might, you'll get paid later. You won't be as proficient at it. It will feel like a struggle. If you are prone to imposter syndrome, it will kick your ass. Yes, all of those things are true. But when you go through it with that first person, that first brand, that first company, and you muddle your way through it and it will be a muddle to you. You will think, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? The, all the client needs to see is like the finished product. They don't, they don't see. Okay. What's the, um, the analogy I always hear. Think of a duck swimming across a body of water on top of the water. They look calm and smooth and they're just sort of gliding. And what you don't see is their feet paddling away furiously under the water. That's what it's like in, in this line of work. What all the client needs to see is that, look, you did this thing and oh, there might be a glitch. There might be a moment where things don't go as planned. But what they don't need to see is that furious paddling where you're like running around like a ch literal chicken with your head cut off. When I don't know what to do and what's going on and you're Googling every step of the way, but you're learning. And when you learn through that experience where you don't get paid quite as much and maybe you don't do it for a very long time, right? 
the next person who comes along and says, hey, can you do that? You go, oh yeah, I can do that because you've learned things. You've gone through it. You've literally gone through a fire. You know, it, sometimes it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> sometimes it's a shit show that you go through, but you go through it and it moves your career along. It moves you along a path of more opportunities of things to do. Um, and so when I say that, I don't say, I try, I'm not trying to come up, across as somebody who's like oh all of this is just really easy and anybody can do it and it's fine some of it kind of is hard okay and some of it is it's things we know about but we don't know the details and I think that's where we get hung up we tell ourselves well I don't know all the little details about how this one position works so therefore I can't possibly do it and I would venture a guess to say that if you know the mechanics of how that job works and I don't mean you are a writer and somebody's asking you to go work for NASA as a rocket scientist. scientist. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, okay, you're a writer and somebody asks you to um, write another type of content other than what you currently write. That's how I always started. I always started with, I write this kind of content and somebody would say, I know you write that content, but can you write this kind too? Case in point, I mostly write blog posts for, for websites, right? B businesses want steady content on their blog. They don't feel like they have the time or the skills to do it. I get hired to do it fine. I have a client who out of the blue one day said, can you write um, the content that goes not on the blog post, but on the actual pages? He had categories for a website he was designing, he had sales pages that he needed written. That's a different kind of writing than blog post writing. Um, it's usually shorter, it's punchier, it's more about you're sort of selling something, you're selling features, you're selling benefits, you're trying to get somebody to click on something. It's a slightly different kind of writing. So it was, it was in that case, the first time I got asked, I had never written content like that. But you know what I said? I said, yeah, because you know what I needed? Money, and that's what he was offering for it. So I say yes to him. I find out when he needs the content. I get all the info, and then I hit the Google, and I'm going, okay, how, what's, how is this different from a blog post? What am I writing? How, and I had to do some searching, and I had to do some digging, and I had to do some reading to convince myself that I already possessed the skills to do it. Same client, a couple years down the road, he says to me, uh, yeah, I know you write my blog posts for, the, for all these clients I work with, and you write these, you know, sales copy web page things for me. Uh, can you do a brand guide? And I hesitated. He didn't know I was hesitating. It's all through email, right? So he sends the email. I look at it and I go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, which is what many of us do. And then I hit the Google and I'm like, okay, okay. I know what a brand guide is. I understand it. I have used them before, but I've never written it for anybody else. And it is challenging when you're writing it for somebody else. I've written it for a company I worked at where I knew every detail of our marketing and our branding and our PR intimately because I helped create the department. So that was easy to write. But doing it for somebody else, that was slightly different. And then, of course, I'm like, okay, I can figure out how to write it, I think. But how the hell do I know what to charge for this? Well, I charge the biggest price I've ever, I've ever charged for anything. And... It must have been the right price because it took him about three or four days to get back to me and tell me that, yes, he was willing to pay that price. Now, why did I charge so much uh, for a brand guide? Because a brand guide is the, not to be sacrilegious, but it is the Bible of a marketing department. It is everything. you. It's the thing that you could hand to any marketer you ever work with, whether you hire them in-house or you contract out with somebody, you hand them your brand guide and they are supposed to be able to create every ad, 
every blog post, every um, piece promotional item, everything you need with your company's name on it. That guy, that's what that guy does. So this isn't like a throwaway blog post that might get lost in the ether that you know very few people might read. This is something that's got some value. And so I learned from Google to charge for that. And I must have gotten my pricing right because it took him a few minutes, but he was willing to pay it. I would never have said yes to the brand guide if I hadn't said yes to the web copy, if I had, you know what I mean? You see the, the process I was on? And that's just my experience. Right now, I'm with that company that doesn't want me to call them a client. They don't want to call me their freelancer. We're quote partners, which is cool. I like them. I like them on a very personal level. So I feel like I'm their partner. Uh, I announced this on my personal Twitter the other day. I'm what they're calling me their editor in chief. I am their editor in chief, their blogger outreach coordinator, and their social media manager. I'm doing all of these things. Um, it is by itself, it's part time hours. I could devote easily half my week to getting all of this stuff done. Um, I've never been for another company, an editor in chief. When they said, that's kind of what we want you to do. That's essentially what, who we want you to be for us. I was really glad it was all like on phone where they couldn't see my face because I'm pretty sure my jaw dropped and I'm pretty sure I started to sweat because what? I don't think of myself in those terms. I think of myself as a blogger and a freelance writer and a podcaster and all these things, but I don't think of myself in terms of a specific title of editor-in-chief. But let's get realistic. I run websites. You run websites. You decide what content goes out there. You decide when it goes out there. You decide how you're going to market it. You decide if you do let somebody write for you, you decide if they're allowed to write for you and what you'd like them to write about and you get it posted and you seek out those opportunities. We are all editors-in-chief in chief of our own blogs. Now, granted, I've now had a few years experience in the freelance world to have gained a, maybe a little bit more experience than somebody else might have, but essentially we are all that. On one level, I wanted to say, I wanted to run screaming out of the room and go, no, I can't take on that kind of responsibility. It's too much pressure. And on the other hand, the way I, the reason I knew I had to say yes is because I got excited about it and I had about a million ideas. And thankfully, they like that I'm excited and they like the fact that I have about a million ideas and they keep having to tell me to slow down. They're, they don't want to move quite as fast as I want to move <laughs> on my ideas, but they like them. I have found that when I say yes to something that I'm not quite sure I'm qualified to do and it's the right decision, in the first moment of kind of saying to myself or to the other person, yeah, I'll do this. It's a little bit like falling. Like you just like you just jumped out of a window. You're just falling. And then there hits a point. Maybe it's after the third Google search. Maybe it's when you read about somebody else doing similar work and they're talking about it, whatever. Then it's not falling anymore. It's a little bit like floating, a little bit like flying. Because what you realize when you start talking to real people or reading from and listening to and maybe even talking to real people who do this work and you find out that it's not as magical as you might think it is, that it is the same kind of work you're already doing, just done in a slightly different form, you can do this. It's gonna be difficult, and it's gonna be stressful at first and it's gonna stretch your limits and your capacity and you're gonna, from personal experience, I can tell you there are gonna be many days where you go, oh my God, what did I agree to? Um, 
and then you, you're going to be flying. You're going to be soaring because you're going to be doing something new and exciting. You're going to be earning money for a thing that six months before you weren't sure anybody would ever pay you to do. You're going to start earning money for things you never conceived that you yourself might do them. And I'm telling you that from real experience. Yes, you have to be honest with yourself. If you know that you will absolutely do an awful job because it that job requires skills that you in no way possess, let me go back to the don't anybody ask me to do graphic work that do, that I can't do in something like Canva because I'm I'm incapable of it. Not because I can't possibly learn it, because I don't have the interest to learn it or the time to learn it and I haven't learned it. And why should I bungle my way through Photoshop when I can point you to some very nice graphics people who can do the work for you, right? I'm not good at editing audio. Somebody could ask me to do it. I could fumble my way through it, but I would probably screw it up. Why would I? Th that's not even something I want to do. I can record audio all day long. I'll write you your script because I know how to do that. But other functions are not for me to do. You have to know yourself really well and you have to learn over time usually how to separate out the things you really are not qualified to do from the things you tell yourself you're not sure you can do because you're a little bit scared of them. And there is a difference and sometimes it'll get mixed up in your head. But most of the time, once once you get really, really honest with yourself, it won't. It'll be, oh my God, I'm scared I'm gonna fuck this up. Not a hell no, I know I don't know how to do that. It's a, it's a fear. It's this fear, this thing you're telling yourself where you're like, I, I'm gonna mess it up. And then people will find out I'm an imposter. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not any good at this. Those kinds of fears, they're valid. They're things you have to work through. Sometimes you will let opportunities go by because the fear is stronger than the desire to say yes. Don't beat yourself up over that. I'm of the mind that that was probably not, you weren't meant to take that opportunity. Other opportunities will present themselves. Um, and the next time you'll remember feeling like, oh shit, I should have taken that when I had the chance. And you will be less likely to let the next opportunity go by without saying yes. Um, I have, I have sort of a, uh, a complimentary thought to this, you know, sort of a companion thought to this on failure. I don't know if I'm going to write it or do a podcast on it, but a lot of these times when we won't say yes to something and we're telling ourselves, oh, I, I couldn't do that. All I am is a blog writer and they want me to write this over here. Mm, I'm telling you from personal experience, once you know how to string some words together in a coherent sentence and paragraph and story, you can write any other kind of content, whether you want to or not, and you enjoy it or not, those are separate things, but you are capable of writing anything once you know how to, to put thoughts into sentences, into paragraphs, to paint a picture, okay? Blog writing is not that much different from other forms of writing, tone gets different. Some of the word choices you make, like I won't say some of the words I would say in my own blog on a company blog, unless they tell me straight up I'm allowed to. You're not gonna hear me write cunt or cock or fuck or any of that shit in a, a brand's blog. That's different. Yes, that's two separate types of blogs. But am I capable of taking a topic putting information together so that it makes sense to a reader and putting it on the screen. Of course I am. So are you if you are a writer. If you're a graphic artist and you are really good at drawing this 
one thing over here, maybe you're less good at drawing something else, but maybe you can take the thing you're good at and format it to fit the needs of the person who is seeking you out. If, especially in graphics, if they're seeking you out as a graphic designer, it's because they saw something you made that they liked, which means you can make something like that, but for them. In products, I think that most of the time, if you're making your own products, that's a little bit different than if you're sort of just selling them from wherever. But once you start, once you partner with one place, you can partner with another place. Once you try this thing over here, you can try that thing over there. Like we have a lot more opportunities than we realize, but we are the ones that hold ourselves back. And we're the ones that have to get honest with ourselves about why that is. Sometimes we're just not qualified and sometimes we're scared. And I kind of want to point out that being scared is natural, it's normal, but if you let the fear rule you, you stay right where you are and you don't really move forward. But if you can punch through that fear, you don't have to do it all the time. You don't have to do it forever. You just, people think being brave is a thing you just are 24 seven. Oh, good God, no, I'm in no way brave 24 seven, but I can be brave for about 30 seconds. I can be brave long enough to send the email back that says, sure, I will do that project for you. And in my head go, I've never fucking done this project in my life. And then I will hit the email, I'll hit send, I'll hit the email now, I'll hit send on the email. I'll go, oh, look, I sent that email, there we go. And then I will turn to John Brownstone and go, what the fuck did I just say yes to? Because now I'm scared because I only had to be brave for the 30 seconds. And what I learn is that that's when Google is my friend. That's when research is my friend. That's when talking to people who know more than I do, that, that's my tool, that's my go-to to get myself in the mindset of I can do this. Will I do it well the first time? No, my fr I promise you, if I could look at the first brand guide I wrote and compare it to the last brand guide I just wrote uh, a week ago, uh, yeah, no, it, there's, there's a huge difference. There's a massive difference. Um, but I'm doing something that in 2014, when I went freelance, I would never have imagined I would do. I thought I was a blog writer. I figured that's all I do, I just write blogs. And now that's not all I do. And I'm glad it's not all I do because for me personally, I would get bored. I would get, I would be over it. It'd be very rote. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've written this a hundred times. And I don't, that's not what I want this life to be um, for myself. We all want different things from this smut lancing freelancing life. Um, you have to find what you want and, and hopefully go for it. Um, for me, it's variety. I like to constantly be doing new things. I like to be challenging myself. I like to work with different people. I like to work with the same people long-term as long as I that we get along and like each other. Thankfully, I'm in that position now. For a while, I was working with people I didn't like very much and I was able to break up with them and here I am now and I get to do new and different things. The other thing is, and I, I don't mean to go all like mystical cosmic on anybody. Um, I don't really believe necessarily in a formal religion or a formal deity, but I do sort of have this sense of some sort of higher power I call the universe. I don't know. I don't worship it, so I don't know really what to call it. But I have always found that when I start doing a thing that I didn't think I could do, then more opportunities sort of appear, right? Like it feels like that's out of nowhere. Like there's something bigger than me kind of helping make that happen. It, it's comforting to me to feel that way. You do not have to feel that way either, but it is how I feel. Um, and that's how I know I'm on the right path of something because I start doing it once and I fumble through it and I feel awful about it and I'm not sure and imposter syndrome, but then I slowly get good at it. And then a new opportunity presents itself and I'm more confident and I can say yes and I can charge higher prices. Why? Because I did that last hard thing 
I just finished doing that last hard thing and feeling good about it. And so every time you take that chance and you punch through fear and you say yes to the opportunity you're not sure you're really qualified for, it puts you on the path and it opens you up for more opportunities to come your way. And that's invaluable. My, my career has grown not because I'm constantly telling everybody that I write for a living. It's grown in ways that I don't even completely understand. Are people talking to each other that I don't know about it? Or does it just feel like I'm kind of everywhere? That's probably true because just for websites, it's just how that goes. I don't know. But I do know that the more I do different things and the more I push through my own fear and the more I challenge myself and stretch my boundaries and do things that I did not think I could actually do, the more things I get the opportunity to do, the more money I get to earn. And if I can give you anything out of all the things we do here at The Smart Lancer, I want to give you that. I want to give you the feeling that you don't have to be brave forever. You just need courage for 30 seconds to say yes. And then you need some really strong Google skills to go find out how to do that thing you just said yes to. And you need a community and a network of friends that you can lean on and go, hey, does anybody know? Does anybody have a resource? Can anybody help me out here? Point me in the right direction. And from there, you'll fumble and you'll worry and you'll think you're not very good. But to that person who hired you, they'll be shocked because I promise you, you're better than they are. That's why they hired you. And it will, it's a, a sort of a self-perpetuating kind of forward motion. And it will come in a little bit of fits and starts and it'll be slow and it won't happen as fast as you want it to. It never does. Um, but that's how you start moving forward. You have to say, at some point, you have to pick a thing that you're afraid of and say yes to it. You don't have to do it with all of the things. You don't have to do it when you know you're not like mechanically even qualified to do a thing. But when the opportunity comes up, Try your hardest not to let fear be what stops you from taking an opportunity and trying something new. There, I think that's my lecture for the week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to me, the Spent Lancer, the, and the podcast. Um, if you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. Uh, you can follow The Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at The Smut Lancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or feel free to email me at Kayla at thesmutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. And yes, if you ever say yes to an opportunity, then you're like, oh, hell, how do I do this? Feel free to message me. If I can send you to a resource that'll help you, I will do that. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. And let's do this again next week, but maybe not so late in the day. Bye. Bye.